A lot of people say that Donald Trump is dangerous when it comes to the Internet, and I'm not just talking about the crazy 3 a.m. tweets. I'm talking about a backup of the world's largest web archive that is to be stored in Canada following concerns about censorship and surveillance under a Donald Trump presidency. The Internet Archive, a U.S.-based nonprofit, which has been building a repository of the web's history over the past 20 years, announced yesterday that it would be fundraising to help keep the archive free, accessible, and reader private. Um, According to a blog spot on the Internet Archive's website, quote, the history of libraries is one of loss. The Library of Alexandria is best known for its disappearance. Libraries like ours are susceptible to different fault lines, earthquakes, illegal regimes, institutional failure. On November 9th in America, we woke up to a new administration promising radical change. It was a firm reminder that institutions like ours, built for the long term, need to design for change. For us, it means keeping our cultural materials safe, private, and perpetually accessible. It means preparing for a web that may face greater restrictions. The project to build the Internet Archive of Canada is expected to cost millions of dollars, but storing a backup within the borders of the U.S. Northern's, US's northern neighbor, Canada, would ensure protection from certain American legal action. It is uncertain how surveillance and censorship might change under a Trump presidency and his administration, though he has previously suggested a hardline stance on both surveillance and censorship. If you look last year, or excuse me, the year before, to a speech he gave in 2015, he, Donald Trump, the president-elect, suggested the tech industry should close that Internet up in order to help defend the country from terrorist attacks. He said, quote, somebody will say, oh, freedom of speech, freedom of speech. These are foolish people. You know, I was reading uh, a woman I met many years ago in Houston, Texas, Molly Ivins. Many of you familiar with her writing. She is now gone, obviously. And she said she would rather somebody burn the flag and wrap themselves in the Constitution than burn the Constitution and wrap themselves in the flag. I think a lot of people would say that the rhetoric of Donald Trump, not just then in 2015, but this past year in his campaign for president, and now, and when we see some of these appointments, seems to be wanting to do the latter. Oh, freedom of speech, freedom of speech, which we uphold dearly in our First Amendment, wrapping ourselves in that Constitution. Now, it's not just Trump. If you look at the team that he has, this transition team, and where they stand on net neutrality, well, it's clear that they want to end it. The principle that Internet service providers should treat data equally was championed by this president and his administration, President Obama. But corporate lackeys are set to overturn that on the FCC. Donald Trump has tapped two telecommunication lobbyists to head his transition team, his specific FCC transition team. And that is bad news for net neutrality. The policy that states Internet service providers must treat all data equally. Last Monday, Trump named Jeffrey Eisenach and Mark Jameson to oversee the transition of Federal Communications Commission. Both of these men are on staff at the conservative American Enterprise Institute, 
Both are former lobbyists, so much for draining that swamp, and, and they've been lobbyists for major telecommunications companies. Now, if that doesn't reek of some kind of a quid pro quo, if that doesn't reek of some kind of a smells rotten there, I don't know what does. And it's just amazing how Donald Trump is doing the very things, and the Republicans are fine with it, that they accused Hillary Clinton, Bill Clinton, the Clintons and her position of Secretary of State, and their organization, a charitable organization, the Clinton Foundation, of doing. And by the way, in addition, these two guys are both vocal opponents of net neutrality. Neither is a lock for the next FCC chair, but Trump, whose only public stance on net neutrality came in a confused tweet a few years ago in 2014, is unlikely to champion equal Internet access in his administration. By the way, what the hell is he going to do? He's running so many businesses. I don't think his kids can do all of them. And how many meetings will he take with people from those businesses? But I digress. Net neutrality policies prevent Internet service providers from imposing blocks on certain websites or activities. And without these protections, an internet company like Time Warner Cabral, for example, could decide to change different rates for different kinds of data access or provide faster or slower internet connections to their preferred sites. Now, if you remember, that was the case in 2007. And that's when Comcast was discovered to have deliberately slowed access to torrenting sites. And in February 2015, the FCC ruled to reclassify Internet service providers, barring them from deliberately slowing access to specific sites. In other words, you get what you pay for. If you're a big name and you're rich, you get top billing. More people have access to you over the little man and woman, those small business owners. You could actually pay for higher speed. Now, you might say you pay for higher speed, but this is a whole different level. Trump's public stance on net neutrality is pretty vague, actually. His only public statement was a tweet against President Obama's push for net neutrality protections in 2014. In that tweet, he said he would, that uh, it would, quote, target conservative media. Now, Obama's attack on the Internet, he said, is another top-down power grab. Net neutrality is the fairness doctrine will target conservative media. The tweet suggested that as of November 2014, Trump did not know what net neutrality meant. Maybe somebody's brought up about to speed now. I mean, come on. It's not the Fairness Doctrine at all. The Fairness Doctrine, eliminated in 1987, was an FCC regulation that required television broadcasters to air multiple perspectives on controversial topics. And I can tell you something. I worked as a talk show host in 1988, and when that doctrine was eliminated, year by year, there were less women in talk radio, year by year, there were, you know, more of the same old, you know, white guys and conservatives. And year by year, you heard less of me and more of Rush. And that's not me being bitter. That's a fact. Look it up. And look today. How many stations to conservative talk show hosts have access to and broadcast on? And the reason for that is because the Fairness Doctrine was eliminated in 1987 so that you didn't, you know, there wasn't going to be fairness. There wasn't fairness. And so the government stepped in and said, hey, give the American people all sides of an issue and let them decide, which I think was a good idea. But now that defunct doctrine has nothing to do with net neutrality. Net neutrality requires Internet service providers to treat all Internet traffic equally. It does not regulate a website's content, whether it's conservative or otherwise. So in other words, his tweet was asinine.
Now, Trump may be murky on the details of net neutrality, but that new FCC transition team, they are not. Despite Trump's campaign promises to drain the swamp of lobbyist influence in politics, both of these men lobbied against net neutrality measures when they worked for Verizon and for Sprint. An August installment of the New York Times Think Tank Inc. series highlighted Eisenach's dueling interest as a lobbyist. Under his mantle as policy director at the Conservative American Enterprise Institute's Technology Center, he spoke before Congress and lobbied FCC lawyers on the dangers of net neutrality, but... He was also a paid consultant for Verizon. They're a major telecom company that opposed net neutrality regulations. He argued don't make the Internet a public utility in an op-ed in the Times in 2015. He argued against net neutrality without disclosing that he worked as a paid Verizon consultant. Wrong, wrong, wrong to do. Jameson, by the way, his buddy there, a fellow at the American Enterprise Institute, has his own ties to the telecom industry. A former manager of regulatory policy at Sprint, he's been a vocal critic of net neutrality and of the FCC itself. It's time to move beyond net neutrality, he said. That was an argument he made in a blog post in July, arguing that net neutrality in the U.S. is backfiring. And he weighed disbanding the FCC in an October article titled, Do We Need the FCC? Conclusion, his answer was, No, but yes. And in the article, he accused the cottage industries formed in support of net neutrality of benefiting from Obama-era net neutrality regulations at the expense of customers who ultimately bear the brunt of regulatory rent-seeking, end quote. He further went on, quote, Telecommunications network providers and ISPs are rarely, if ever, monopolies, he wrote. Although the recently announced merger of Time Warner and AT&T to create the country's largest entertainment company has already been criticized, as a monopoly in waiting. Now, as members of Trump's FCC transition team, Eisenach and Jameson will be responsible for setting the agency's course in the coming months. And what that means is crafting policy for President-elect Trump's administration, which currently has no public stance on net neutrality other than a broad pledge to repeal regulations. So it's unclear whether those doomed regulations will include the 2015 FCC rules from two years ago, which require Internet providers to protect equal Internet access. But under the helm of two former telecommunications insiders who already oppose net neutrality, what does the future look like for this policy? I think pretty grim. So let me ask you some questions, and I really look forward to you guys speaking to me today because my producers picked this topic, even though they know I'm not very well versed in computers or net neutrality. So some of you will actually educate me in this hour on this issue. But here are some questions we have for you on the issue. Pick up the phone and join us, 888-6LESLIE, 888-653-7543 to call. Tweet, follow me on Twitter at Leslie Marshall, and as I mentioned, you can email us, go to the website, lesliemarshallshow.com, just click on contact. How concerned are you about a Donald Trump administration attacking the free and open Internet we've always enjoyed as Americans? How concerned are you about this administration, Trump, coming forth, attacking the free and open Internet we've always enjoyed as Americans? 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. When will we see broad bipartisan opposition against Trump dismantling our free and open Internet? 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. Does restricting or slowing certain Internet sites violate the First Amendment? Oh, that freedom of speech thing that Trump mentioned. 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. Now, to put this in perspective, Russia, China, North Korea, Iran, and Cuba, they all censor certain Internet content from being accessed by their citizens. Are these nations 
that we as a nation want to be a part of a group and should America join in with Russia, China, North Korea, Iran, and Cuba in censorship? 8886 Leslie, 8886537543. Tech giants like Google, Microsoft, Facebook, Amazon, and Netflix, they've all come out strongly in favor of net neutrality a couple of years ago. If Trump's FCC chairman tries to eliminate net neutrality, Will these companies be able to stop him? 8886 Leslie, 8886537543. And under a Trump administration, will information become less and less accessible to everyone, to, to, to normal, everyday folks like you and me? 8886 Leslie, 8886537543. And will information only be available to those who can afford to pay higher internet prices? due to the removal of regulations on the telecom industry. 8886 Leslie, 8886537543. If Trump were asked, do you think he could explain clearly what net neutrality is? I mean, could he? I mean, thought it was the fairness doctrine. 8886 Leslie is the number. Do you think he could explain what the Iran deal entails? 8886 Leslie, do you think he could explain what the U.S. strategy in the Middle East is? I have no idea what this has to do with net neutrality, but I'm putting it out there. Uh, could explain what the U.S. strategy in the Middle East is, or TPP, or NAFTA, the situation in Syria. In other words, do you think he really knows in great detail what he's talking about, whether it's foreign policy or net neutrality? 8886 Leslie, 8886537543. And based on his cabinet picks, in your opinion, has Trump drained that swamp? 8886 Leslie. Are the rights that we fought so hard for, even perhaps taken for granted sometimes, going to be taken from us under this man's administration going forward? Net neutrality. What's next? A woman's right to choose marriage equality. 8886 Leslie will be back. And we're back. I'm Leslie Marshall. Welcome, welcome back. We're talking about net neutrality. What will Donald Trump and his cronies do to uh, head honchos that are leading his uh, FCC transition team are very anti-net neutrality. In other words, and they worked uh, at Verizon and at Sprint, so they definitely have a vested interest with their former employers. And this is, again, the rich looking out for the rich to get richer and, uh, you know, just, uh, you know, pissing on the little people on our heads, if you will, uh, because we won't have access. We won't have access to information. We won't have um, access to information uh, with speed. The list goes on. So asking you, what do you think will happen going forward? Do you think giants like Google uh, can do Amazon, can do uh, Facebook, uh, you know, you know, what's his name? Mark Zuckerberg can do anything about this. Um, or are we being a bit uh, paranoid and will Trump see the light? Then again, can he see the light when he doesn't truly understand the issue itself? 8886 Leslie, 8886537543. Let's go to Mike in Akron, Ohio, line three, listening on iHeartRadio. Mike, good afternoon. Thank you for joining us. What's your take on this? Hey, Leslie, this is Mike, your Jewish warrior in Akron. Hello, um, Mike, my Jewish boy in Akron. <laughs> um, well, one thing real quick. When I was in the service, I took an oath to protect the Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic not the flag, to go back to one of the uh, statement when you opened. Okay. But it would, with net neutrality, it's all about the Internet being free, and it's all about access to whatever you want to to be free. You know, I'm a small business owner. I'm getting ready to stand up my restaurant and everything else. Without net neutrality, I'm going to have to pay additional fees so that my customers can even be able to see my website. So, you know, it's not set up, quote-unquote, to be censorship. 
but ultimately it would be censorship because if you don't pay the fees to company X, company Y, so that they will allow traffic to your site or allow, you know, speedy traffic to your site, I mean, that puts us all the way back to the early 90s to where we're just coding in very, very basic HTML with no images, no anything, just text. So okay. So would even load. Okay, Mike, hang on. We're going to take a quick break and come back to you. Talking about net neutrality, what is the future of freedom for us and the Internet or regulations and lack of freedom going forward with a Trump presidency? He's not draining the swamp. He's hiring lobbyists who worked for Verizon and Sprint uh, to make decisions in that regard. We were talking with Mike in Akron, Ohio, line three. Mike, thank you for holding. Welcome back. Sorry I had to cut you off there. Uh, Please continue. So you're saying that you already see a bit of this. Will it only get worse with a Trump uh, administration? Well, we're not seeing any of it yet. I work in IT. I'm a computer engineer. And one of the things that we fear from our business standpoint and everything else is if net neutrality comes into being, you know, we're going to see expenses as advertisers. We're going to see expenses as um, publishers of web content. So if it's a progressive blog then it'll cost, you know, $5 a a month to get any bandwidth to your blog. But if it's a conservative blog, ah, we'll do that for a buck, you know. And so you build in this censorship into everything. So we must do everything that we can do to keep the Internet free. And that's all I've got, Leslie. All right. Thank you. I appreciate that. And I don't think you're alone with that feeling. Appreciate it, Mike. Uh, when we finish with a call, your cue to call through. Pick up the phone and join us. 888-6LESLIE. 888-653-7543 is the number. Um, on Twitter, you know, we ask uh, different questions. And, uh, you know, one of which that we asked um, was, has Trump lived up to his promise to drain the swamp? Or based on his cabinet picks, is he doing the exact opposite. Uh, B-L-Z-R-U-L is a Bill's rule. B-L-Z-R-U-L, I guess, tweeted. Uh, Leslie, just following George W. Bush's lead to let others tell him what to do while pretending to be in charge. Uh, Joe says that the Internet is already being censored in certain ways. And when we uh, look at this uh, type of power, Uh, That is given, you know, it's frightening uh, to a lot of people that under a Trump administration, um, there could be the potential that information will be less and less available and less and less accessible to normal folks just like you and me. Pick up the phone and join us. 888-6LESLIE-888-653-7543 is uh, the number. Now, a majority of Americans, uh, American adults, 62% actually, get their news on social media. 18% do so often, okay? That's according to a new survey by Pew Research Center conducted in association with the John S. and James L. Knight Foundation. And a few years ago in 2002, based on a slightly different question, 49% of U.S. adults reported seeing news on social media. So in other words, the amount greatly in a short period of time, the percentage of people that are getting their news and information online is growing. Now, I know some people, well, one thing I'd like to throw into this, some people have a problem with what has been termed fake news, and there's been a lot of fake news in this past election cycle. First of all, 
Do you think there has been? Do you think there's been a lot of fake news in this past election cycle? 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. And did the fake news, if you believe there was fake news, help Trump and hurt Clinton? 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. Now, with the fake news many people think is out there, how do you discern what is fake and what is real? You're a part of the majority of American adults who are listening to me right now who use the Internet. Get your news or news pieces from there. How do you, be honest with me, when you go online in the morning and you see a headline, how do you determine if it's fake news or if it's real? 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. And the reason I ask this is, if you think about the fact with all the freedom we do have and should have, with the Internet accessible to all of us equally as it should be, we're getting information that is not accurate, but we're also getting information that is. So hear me out. If you restrict what is going out, to whom, how fast, how much, to censor, could it be we will all get fake news? You know, the people of North Korea really don't know what's going on in the rest of the world because they only know what they are given. On the internet, on their computers, or their phones, or their tablets, and on their television. 